for two. Right, we've got a table for two right now. I'd like to welcome back on the program Sadia Osmani for this week's Chinwag. How are you doing, Sadia? I'm very well, Noreen. Always good to come into the studio and see you. You've got a nice smile, so it's always nice. Yes, same. <laughs> same. You too, and you're wearing lovely pink and black and bright very pink. bright. Yes. Yeah, it was a bit of a dull day today, so I thought, listen, I've got to brighten things up a little bit. Hey, you got what you wish for. It's almost December, I and know. it's and the weather is still it's 25 degrees. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe it. It kind of we have on and off days, don't we? Suddenly it gets kind of cool, and then yesterday it was quite warm. So it's just very unpredictable, isn't it? I suppose you just take each day as it, it comes. As it comes. That's Absolutely. the story of our lives, really. And that's a, and that's a great uh, a a hook to, a cue to <laughs> what we're talking about. What have you chosen for this well, week's chinwag? Well, you know, as I said, like sometimes when I choose the subject for chinwag, it's usually something that I've seen or I've read and that triggers it. And it's interesting because um, this week um, I was going through my Facebook page and obviously, Noreen, you're in there. And I just noticed, actually, that you put uh, some, you commented on a, a story that was there and it was about, um, a, well, I'll let you sort of tell me about it. It was a, it was a young, it was a, not a young guy, it was an older guy who lost his wife. That's right. right. It was an older, uh, an elderly gentleman. I think he's Irish. Um, and I think it was a Channel 4 documentary mm. about uh, hospitals and, and, and um, yeah, hospitals. And this man, he went in there and he uh, obviously tripped a few days before he'd visited the doctor and his, his leg had, you know, a little cut and that swelled up a little bit. And then uh, the, the story came out from, from the medical practitioner said, so who do you live with? You know, uh, who looks after you? And it turns out that he uh, had, had a wife who sadly passed away a few years ago and she had dementia and he cared for her throughout their their time together and, and throughout, they have children together and he cared for her um, even when she had dementia and sadly she passed away and it emerged that he really missed her um, and it was just a really, really sad story and, and so many of the comments were, were just like, oh, you know, uh, poor, poor him, um, it, it's really sad um, and, and I thought the same thing but I, and I thought how beautiful it was that he experienced that sort of love, that, you know, core shattering love that you miss somebody so much so that even after they pass away, you still always think about them. Mm. And as sad as it is, um, it's a beautiful thing that to experience that sort of love. And it made me think, is it better to experience to to experience that sort of love, but then pay the price um, of, the of grief? Yeah, yeah with yeah. the loss and, and to really miss them. Or is it better to never experience that sort of love, but then, you know, you, you never feel that grief? Mm. I, I don't know. Sadia? Well, well, to tell you the truth, I, I think that it is actually, uh, you are probably blessed to be able to feel that kind of thing because it is a real gift in that if you do find. And that's what made me sort of go into this whole thing about sort of what true love is mm. and what effect it has. I mean, you know, these are kind of a bit, you know, sometimes people think this is a bit corny why you're talking about this and it's not Valentine's Day, but we always tend to choose Valentine's Day and think, oh, let's talk about love. But actually, no, um, you know, it is something that exists. And I think that it's a matter of when we understand that we actually have it. Um, it's funny because, you know, we're talking about sort of stories and I uh, read this one just on the on Facebook as well. And supposedly the story um, is, in, this is in London again, and there was a woman who went every day to the underground and uh, she sat on the platform and just sat and listened to the announcement recorded by her husband in 1950. Right. And her name was Margaret McCollum. And after the death of her husband, Oswald Lawrence, she sits on the bench waiting to hear this recording that's one of uh, London's most famous. And that is saying, mind the gap. 
right? And um, so in 2003, Oswald died, leaving a huge void in Margaret's heart. And Margaret found the way to feel his presence was was to actually go and listen to his voice on the platform. And so for more than half a century, this voice was then replaced by electronic recording. And she was really quite um, distressed about this. And then she asked for this cassette tape from London Transport Company so that they, so she could continue listening to her husband's voice at home. And she wanted it. And then after becoming aware of this moving history, the company decided, London Transport decided, to restore the announcement at the stop near where Margaret lives. And that's the embankment stop. And if you're familiar with it, it's on the northern line. And she said that now all the passengers can still today listen to Oswald Lawrence's voice and to know that, you know, eternal love exists. And and that is really quite... um, I, I just read I just read that and I thought, oh my goodness, you know, how lovely is that? And it's true, you probably... And these days, I think the greatest thing that we have is we have these phones. We have these phones that can record people's voices, that can take pictures of people. Um, it's interesting because, you know, and when we talk about true love, I suppose we, we've got to understand that true love can certainly be... Um, between a man and a woman or a man and a man or a woman and a woman, whatever. And, you know, that whole kind of marital type thing. But then there's also true love that you have, whether between it's... friends. For friends, yeah. exactly. And for for friends our children. And children. Pets. Exactly. So, so it's like, it's something that you experience which just has a huge amount of sort of <clears throat> honesty in it that, you know, if you were to miss those people. But I think one of the key things is, is that you um, try and preserve that. You try and value that because it's very easy, you know, in fleeting, like, you know, these two stories that we've looked at, these people have actually lost um, people who are close to them. Um, When we're talking about, you know, spouses and, you know, having a very close connection, um, there is a study in 2014 published in the Journal of Public Health. um, They found that people whose spouses had just died had a 66% increased chance of dying within the first three months following their spouse's death because it's just that kind of pain and um, dying of a broken heart yeah and it's also i think it's linked to i'll I'll mention this later in a minute but um you know they said prior studies had placed the increased chances of death for the surviving spouse even higher at about 90 percent um and it seems that the it's logical assume that spouses who are in a close marriage relationship will be more depressed following widowhood and they also get anxiety and stress um they explain that one of the reasons that these things happen and obviously you miss that person and you miss their company, you miss the whole companionship. But one of the other things that you go through is you feel quite a lot of stress, anxiety because that person was perhaps looking after certain parts of your life, whether it be the financial side or whether it be, you know, dealing with things that you weren't used to. And then what happens is suddenly when they disappear, you find that you're a bit lost. You you think that was an area that they were looking after. Um, and, and I found that quite interesting that, yeah, it is love. But what is love then? You know, what exactly, how do you define that love that you have? Um, and so when I was reading about so true love, I, I was looking, it says, according to the triangular theory of love developed by psychologist Robert Sternberg, the three components of love are intimacy, 
passion and commitment. Intimacy encompasses feelings of attachment, closeness, connectedness and bonding, bondingness, whatever. And passion encompasses drives connected with desire and sexual attraction. And commitment encompasses in the short term the decision to remain with each other and in the long term the shared achievements and plans made with that other person. So it becomes a little bit more than just, you know, so initially people think, oh, it's all about sexual attraction and this and that and desire. But actually, it's a lot more practical than that um and like building a business yeah. you know i think when you first i think it's biology you know when you first meet somebody you're very attracted to them because you want to you you want to you know um uh have a family with them so so, yeah. so to speak you know it, it's the hormones driving you yeah. and then once you then have children or, or procreate or whatever um then it's about maintaining that partnership it's almost like a building a business mm-hmm. and you have to remain you have to maintain that family and everyone so that has drive to be role. together exactly yeah, and you may have a certain role but you know this is the 12 signs of a really kind of good relationship or you know whatever you want to if you want to call it true love one is that you kind of feel quite safe with that person you know that you can be yourself and 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 you don't feel any threat so again if you go back then you know there's plenty of relationships where if you feel a slight uh, a threat from that person, then it is a bit of an unstable relationship. Active listening was really important and honouring differences that you don't actually want to change that person. You're not constantly saying, look, don't do this, do this the way I want to do it, right? Okay, we do, we all do it to a certain extent, but we don't really... We don't uh, really want, I mean, we, we want them to change in a little bit, yeah. but not, not them as a person. We all change, we all have to exactly. change. When we get in a relationship, there's a compromise there that we all kind of had to do that. Easy communication, so that's discussing things like emotions, identifying and addressing areas of conflict, um, connecting through physical or emotional intimacy, and tuning into signals like, you know, body language, like, you know, our body language speaks a hell of a lot about what we're going through at the time. So, and also this thing about encouragement and trust mm. that, you know, and, and reassurance. So, you know, if you're going out late and, you know, your husband says, oh, look, just be careful, please give me a ring when you get there and stuff. So it's kind of just being aware that, yeah, there is somebody who really cares, who who's worrying about me and stuff. Making time time as well and making an effort I think that is quite an important part of a relationship where really over time if you're married for or you know if you're with somebody for a very long time you kind of start to take them for granted and stuff and then you know other things take over whether it's your career or children or whatever but it's always important to make that time and Um, they say a really good foundation for families putting each other first yeah because kids come and go well i mean they'll they'll yeah. leave you eventually yeah, yeah, and if absolutely. you don't invest yeah. in your partner yeah. yeah and and it's true because you know you go full circle i mean i would say that for my husband and myself like you know our kids are older now and they're they've got their independent lives and we are back to square one where we started you know in a two-bedroom flat just the two of us and yeah. and basically that's it there's two of us so that's what happens and all this thing about respect and you know consistency that you have to be flexible but at the same time you're consistent in some of these things that you do but it's interesting because you know when I was looking at the stuff and I was looking at the the things that make you know has as you define like true love and that anxiety and stress um it's funny because you know in the animal kingdom supposedly there are a number of animals who um 
you know, stay with a partner for a long time and who recognize true love. I saw another video. Lobsters. Oh, gosh. I I think this is... Yeah, I remember Ross from Friends used to say, you're my lobster. So I think that's like... Just- <laughs> well, I mean, this attachment to, um, to you know, pets and things. I, I saw a really interesting video. My husband was showing me this. And, and basically what it was, there was this partridge, right? And um, this guy was showing that this partridge, um, this is somewhere in Asia, he was saying that, this, that his mother used to feed this partridge all the time. These partridges used to come over. And so he said that the, soon after his mother died, this partridge came to the door and was expecting her, right? And then he basically started to walk somewhere and, and he's, his mother was buried quite close by. And then he went to the grave, the partridge went to the grave oh. and took him to the grave. Just And he said, he was filming this all and he said, he's just taking me there. And then when he got to the grave, he just kept going around the grave because he knew that she was there and he had been fed by her. And it was just maybe out of respect or whatever. They just felt this thing. And it's interesting that, you know, animals can form that sort of attachment. Parrots, um, for example, I mean, they, they live for a very long time. Mm. And sometimes if they switch owners after a very long time, they, they, they get depressed and they start to sort of peck out their own feathers. Oh, gosh. Yeah, because yeah. they miss well, the... Well, there's... And I'm sure you can see it with dogs because, you know, dogs are so loyal yeah. to their owners. And if suddenly their owners disappear, mm. I mean, it works both Quite ways. distressing. Yeah, it yeah. works both ways. Um, um, but then things like, supposedly, wolves, uh, they have kind of power couples and they say in a grey wolf pack it's usually only the main female alpha who are allowed to breed and the pair mate for life as a way to cement their position as pack leaders and they produce a new litter each year ensuring the stability of that again it goes back to the whole thing about rearing children and, and they stay together because of that and beavers for Eurasian beavers, monogamy is more about practicality than there you go than romance, right? Unlike their North American counterparts who've been known to uh, mate outside their bonded partners, Eurasian beavers team up for life as a way to increase their chances of survival. Although one of their primary sources of food is tree bark, and its and its nutritional value means a lot to beavers, so they eat a lot of it to keep themselves going. So by pairing up, they have a couple who can split that workload and ensure that they get enough of that so they know that hey listen you're reliable just stay with me just keep pecking away <laughs> type thing. which is interesting because you know in a way you can kind of see it as a parallel that you think yeah you know couples get together and they think yes let's build on this exactly. um, so we're not far off you know we're similar to these guys gibbons supposedly stay together um, they um, many humans couple can relate to have a song a certain track that was playing during a pivotal moment in their relationship but for gibbons it's the song draws couples together in the first place, paired gribbons perform duets and a series of vocal cries that combines their individual mating calls into a single song that becomes intrinsic to their relationship. Quite interesting, that, isn't it? I mean, I mean, you know, I just and lizards supposedly. <laughs> I didn't know about this one, but uh, you know, long-term bonds for about ten to fifteen years, and they in one relationship they said it lasted as long as twenty-seven years, and this is because they were actually a part of a strong exper- experiment that they were doing. So twenty-seven years, wow. but then I, but I would argue that, like you know. 
you know, if they're doing an experiment, okay, they're in the wilds, perhaps. That's how they're doing the experiment. They're not in a little, yeah. little it's box. It's just them too. Yeah, just, start, yeah. They've got no choice. Yeah, exactly. They have to stick to them. But but it's interesting, you know, but it seems like it's a very kind of practical exercise that we do it maybe that true love. But obviously, as humans, you know, I, th- I think like, you know, true love is that you kind of treasure when you are with that person, you treasure the moments that you have with them. And you think, look, I've got to remember this because they won't perhaps be there all the time or whatever. Um, and when you you can't actually be parted for too long. And I think that's an interesting one because over time, maybe you get so used to having a person next to you, their smell, their, their voice. And then when you are parted, it just becomes like this little void in your life. And obviously, if that was... Uh, when they die or something, that must be a significant change in your life. Exactly. And not just only when they die physically, but also, you know, when they have uh, dementia or or Alzheimer's. You lose them in other ways. Exactly. Exactly. Just like in that story that we started out with, that the Irish man, you know, caring for his wife. Anyway, well, Sadia, food for thought. Thank you so much. And I look forward to more chin wags with you next week. Thank you very much.